that's so interesting. Ooh, that's interesting. Well, that is very interesting. Please tell me more. Very interesting. Marty, that was very interesting. What's going on, everyone? Happy New Year. Welcome to That's So Interesting, the podcast where we discuss what we think are objectively interesting things. I'm Graham, and on the first episode of season two, we're going to be talking about resolutions and really what is fascinating so many people about the new year and starting the new year off right, or lack thereof. But first, we want to dive into a recent event that happened at the World Junior Hockey Championships regarding the Russian captain. But before I get too into that, I want to say hey to the guys. Brandon, Brian, how are you two doing? Awesome. Fantastic. Happy 2019, everybody. It's going to be a great year. That's a bold claim, but I appreciate starting off the year with optimism. It's going to be a great year. Mark my words. All right, I will. We'll mark it down. All right. Season two, episode one. Brian, Brian says, says it's going to be a great year. Mark his words. I'll hold it to you. Are you, uh, are you going into this year with an internal locus of control or an external locus of control? I think you got to do a little bit of both. Okay. You know, you need the feng shui and the, the yin and the yang to balance you out. Yeah, I like that. The year is only as great as you make it or as great as you let it be. Absolutely. There you go. All right, great. Take it away. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like I, like I mentioned, I want to break down with you guys what happened in the semifinals of the World Junior Hockey Championships between Russia and the United States. Because the Russian captain, he is a very competitive fellow, obviously, because following the match and the post-game ceremonies, which are a common tradition at the championships, he acted uh, pretty unsportsmanlike. And he was he threw his helmet against the sideboards as he was skating up to center ice. And I believe he swore as well. What do we think about that, guys? Oh, I feel like we never get a chance to talk about sports, so it's a nice little change of pace. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's such a fine balance because you look at, like, think about professional leagues for a second, right? You see grown men act out negatively all the time Mm -hmm. and there's never any i shouldn't say never but rarely is there ever any public criticism or um splashback or kind of anything that goes against them or punishing them really for their behavior now obviously there's extreme circumstances where um you know players will get fined or you know, have unsportsmanlike penalties or, or technical fouls or whatever it is in the sport. But generally speaking, from a public standpoint, we don't really care when athletes act out. But it's super interesting in a world junior sense because for whatever reason, we expect them to be hate. We expect them to be gentlemen and proper and sportsmanlike and take losing well. So, I don't know. I mean, it's unfortunate that he acted the way that he did. I don't like it. (laughs) I mean, I think he... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What do you think, Brian? The only thing that really bothered me from it was the swearing. Like, it looked like he swore to the fans after their loss, which I thought was... I think it's more childish than anything that you're getting involved with 
like external factors that had nothing to do with the game regardless of how frustrated you are the other stuff like as much as i don't like it i don't really think that it should be a conversation or blown up as much as it did like these kids put everything on their line and they are kids like they're under 21 they've only known hockey their whole lives basically and they're playing for their countries and don't want to disappoint them and they're going to be heated when stuff doesn't go their way and that's not an excuse for his actions, but I don't think it was as big of a deal as, as it was made out to be. I mean, the one thing that the uh, the IIHF should potentially look at, but they haven't, like, but I think they're going to lose a lot of money if they do do this, is get rid of these stupid watch presentations after the game. <laughs> Nothing yeah. drives me crazier than calling up a losing team and giving them like some sort of superficial prize to say you did a good job like it's not the time and the place participation medals i oh yes the re- revisiting participation medals of 2019 i don't mind the fact that they're recognizing <laughs> that somebody was the best player on somebody's team in that moment but to do it the way that they do for the photo op like nobody's even smiling unless you won so you have 50 percent of the people in the photo not smiling it's yeah like, it's just is super awkward. They're not using that for any marketing materials. I don't know. I, I just, I think it's gimmicky yeah. and I get they need to make money and that's part of sponsorship and that's life. But it also kind of enable, I'll say it, it doesn't enable, it almost um, allows for the stage for people's emotions to be put on more of a yeah. a bigger stage than they really need to be in that moment. Yeah, it puts the athletes yeah. definitely in a tough situation because you're coming off like a super competitive game where you're fighting for your country and we're expecting these athletes to be emotionally driven and competitive the entire game and then literally seconds after the game ends, they're supposed to just turn off and forget it ever happened. I don't know. Yeah, I definitely am with you, Brian. I think that post-game ceremony has to happen at least just leave it for the prelims like the round robin yeah and not and not the playoffs and then like in the playoffs you, sudden death you kind of go into like the best players of the tournament at the gold medal game and you call people out or you call them up at that point but not at not after the quarter semis end of games. that specific game yeah exactly yeah and for me in terms of the russian captain's actual actions I really, yeah, I don't have a problem with that, except for the swearing and the gestures towards the fans, including, I don't know if you guys had followed the story, but following that, he, in the bronze medal game, pretended to block out all the fans as a goal celebration when he scored against Switzerland. And... Oh, no, I didn't see that. that. yeah, so th- so that to me is sort of taking on another level of a little bit of, you know, villainy or antagonism towards fans, which I think generally to the public's knowledge didn't particularly do anything to slight him. Like, obviously, none of us can relate to being Russian and playing hockey in Canada, but it, it just seemed like there was a bit of a chip on his shoulder beyond losing. Uh, in a in a highly competitive match because 
I totally get being hot-headed. I, I definitely know there was a time where I was, you know, very competitive and, and hot-headed and I don't like the way I felt when I got that way sort of thing. But so I, I you know, I think we can all relate not liking to lose on, on the most competitive level that we've played at. But um, it, it's just the stuff towards the fans, I think, that really yeah sort of stood out to me. So I'm watching it right now, actually. And like, part of me goes... After seeing this, I have more, I'll say I have more of an issue with it because, like, you can't come out and publicly apologize for acting like a goof and then act like a goof again two days later. Like, I agree. You, you don't get two hall passes or two, two pass yeah. goes. Like, that's just not a thing. That now it's mm-hmm. more like he's kind of a dick and isn't aware of his own actions is the, is the thing that I have looking at him now as opposed to as opposed to just like hey he was passionate he made a mistake but i also like at the same time i gotta give him credit for sticking with this plot line that apparently he wants to create so i'm torn now but it's like ultimately i think my biggest irk against it is just like the lack of respect for the game Mm -hmm. i guess there's a time to be upset but at the same time you have to respect the outcome and you have to respect the tournament you have to respect the other people around i don't know it puts everybody else in an awkward situation nobody else did this to him except for himself oh no i i agree with that and like do you think he should be punished for his actions no. like do you think there should be a punishment for his actions no 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 i don't think it was so that by bad. not punishing and by giving him media exposure are you guys at all worried that this the message we're sending to young hockey players is saying that acting out like this is is okay and there's no punishment for it and you can apologize and it doesn't really matter because you can just keep doing it and like ultimately it's not a, it's not a way it's not the correct way to act in sport i think we would all agree with that i don't think though that this is the place to start like if we're gonna have that conversation like let's go after nhl coaches and nhl players for the language that they use the well on tv or berating officials or berating each other on like if that's where we're going to go with setting an example people look up to Sidney crosby and jonathan taves and mitch marner and austin matthews and all of these guys much more than 21 guys in the ice playing for canada who they don't even know who they are (laughs) like they don't know (laughs) like the majority of canada didn't even know what the roster was coming into it as opposed to I would say the majority of Canada can name a superstar on at least more than half of one of the NHL teams, right? Mm-hmm. So I think... And I think... Go ahead. Sorry, it, it, I, I was just going to throw sorry. in that... <laughs> that's a resolution I need to make. Same story list. <laughs> and um, I think on the flip side, like the media exposure for the captain and... We'll add to it. Captain's name is Klim Kostin. That's my best Russian pronunciation. For Mr. Kostin, really being exposed, I think, like this on an international stage, I think will be part of his legacy and whether he even had any prospect of being in an NHL draft or playing in the KHL or whatever that would look like. I think, obviously, this is something that's a tag on him now. And... I think people do remember that sort of thing. So it'll be interesting and 
if I was uh, a parent, uh, I would of an impressionable kid who's playing hockey, I'd just say keep it an eye on him, remember that name, and, and see where things shake out for him in terms of yeah. his career. Funny thing about you saying you're sore or you're trying not to say sorry as much is um, over, or it was just last week actually, uh, a person from my high school posted on Facebook and was like, oh, these damn snowflake government people, blah, 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 blah. And he tweeted or he uh, posted on Facebook an article that said the Canadian government now makes it illegal to say I'm sorry. And he was being fully serious of like, you know, he was all upset that it's this, the government and blah, 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 blah. And they're turning us into a bunch of wusses. And it was a post from CBC This Is That, which is a pure satirical site. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Posting like pure satire comments. So I commented and being like, hey, FYI, this is a joke. Like, you know, it's not serious. It's making light or making fun of this, just like all of their articles do. Instead of having any recognition of oh whoops like misinterpret it or whatever within 20 seconds it was just deleted and then another post about another article came up like two minutes later <laughs> <laughs> so I just killed myself laughing about that sorry I was sorry about that. <laughs> oh, I was that. Say the opposite Graham you should never apologize for saying sorry too much it's illegal now though so you gotta watch out yeah I feel like you can never be too sorry I don't know whatever the only other comparison that I'd give is I was at the world junior game when Canada played Sweden. Yeah. And yeah, shout out to Buffalo. Shout out to Buffalo. They did actually a pretty good job. And in the gold medal game, when Sweden lost, one of their players actually threw his gold medal as soon as he received it over the crowd to... like Silver medal. Or sorry, silver medal over the crowd into... Um, it was like this old dude wearing a Rochester Americans jersey. Like no relation to Sweden, no nothing, and knocked it to him. And refused to talk to the media, like basically pouted the whole time. And the difference in scenarios was when they they got the medal back and he like gave it back to him. The team officials did, and he threw it back to the guy um, again. And when he got interviewed after, he said, "I already have a I already have a silver medal from this event. I already have one from this one, and I already have a bronze from this one. I don't need any more silver medals. I came here for gold, and if I didn't get it, nothing. Like silver medals don't mean anything to me." And I thought that was an interesting take that, you know, nobody forced him to say sorry, or maybe they tried to and he refused. And he was really just talking his mind about like, you know what, this is what I valued and this is what I was trying to work for. So I didn't get it. It's going to mean more to them than it will to me. Whether that, I will argue that it probably wasn't the right time and place to do that. It could have been as you're walking off the ice and you hand it to a fan, if that's what you want to do. But... I mean, it's just another interesting take at the World Juniors of kind of an unsportsmanlike conduct, I don't know, incident. Yeah. Yeah, for that one, I will say, like, this wasn't, you know, you go through the handshake line and, you know, captain receives a medal last and he's, like, smiling at the representatives from the IIHF and he's like, yeah, thank you so much, you know, put the, put the medal on graciously and then after he exits the line, like, you know, just lobs it over the, the glass to some you know happy fan oh my god a silver medal for like no no no. like i don't even think he put it on no he didn't he like he just hucked it probably ripped i think he ripped it out of the official's hands and then just like yeah, hucked he, it in his stands yeah it wasn't even and on went back in the line so like again i'm not like 
I'm not saying that these athletes can't be upset. I think they're allowed to be upset, but the way in which they're displaying this emotion, I think is wrong. Yeah. And like, but that's, that's just my thing. Like if we're not going to, if we don't penalize it and I, I understand like the professional level is like a huge issue and we give, you know, people who act demonstratively in a negative way, tons and tons and tons of media attention and we share it and retweet it and blah, 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 blah. And I think like these two examples are just evidence to say that this is the message we're sending young athletes and that to act out like this on a world stage is okay. And it's not. Well, I think at the same time though, like, yes, they're getting publicity for their actions, but it's all under the lens of look how ugly of an action that was. Look how unsportsmanlike and like not gentlemanly that was and whether they're allowed to be upset or not the way they acted wasn't appropriate like that's the general consensus that's Mm -hmm. being circulated and so i think there's it's definitely still being framed like you're even saying brandon where like it's really not acceptable like no one's i don't think no one's arguing their action yeah. No, but I think, at least from my point of view, like there's a lot of empathy I have for those athletes in that moment and how they're acting. And I think we can also agree that hucking the the medal in the stands, like it looked like that dude would have loved to have like a t-shirt cannon and just launched that into the upper level, <laughs> just taking down. People but he in didn't. The stand, so take it as anger. For Sweden. Yeah, but. You know, either way, he he still made that choice, and I think ultimately there there are some negative repercussions that come from it, just from that publicity. Absolutely, yeah. and I think speaking of choices, with a new twenty nineteen upon us, you know, many people make their own choices this time of year to change <laughs> themselves change their behavior say i'm sorry less if you're graham barnes and Mm -hmm. it's an interesting time of the year for people to set resolutions and i'm sorry if you people are already sick of hearing all the talk on the radio or of your parents or of your friends asking what your resolutions are but we think it's important to get into so we wanted to dedicate (laughs) part of this podcast to resolutions and what they mean to us and maybe some of the ones that we've set for ourselves this year Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Brandon, do you yeah. have any resolutions? I do. Um, I do have some personal ones, but I also took some time to make some for society. Oh, and just some some little resolutions for people and things that I hope people start to do a little differently in 2019. Uh, not sure if that's not sure if that's in line with what uh, <laughs> you guys have done, but uh, yeah, I think one of the things is like. I think we have a big issue with people respecting other people mm-hmm. in a variety of ways. And one of my resolutions for society in 2019 is just to have more empathy, be more respectful, be more patient, and just judge people less. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we brought it up a couple episodes back when we were talking about the legalization of cannabis. And it was one of the realizations that I had sort of gone through on that one hour journey was like if it doesn't affect my life and it doesn't affect your life 
then really it's not something you should be concerning yourself with or it's not something you should be letting affect your life negatively. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is Mark Manson has a very popular book. Graham, what's the title of the book? Like The Subtle Art of Not Giving Yes. A- okay, yes, yes. The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F. Um, when you said new book, I was like, he came up with another one? What is this? Yeah, that's like, oh, wow, I haven't read that one. This is so did interesting. I say, did I say new book? <laughs> yeah. I meant to. You said book. new book. Anyways, like, that's been out for a while. Anyways, um, one of the key messages is he talks about everything we do is a choice. And by letting something affect you negatively, you're making that choice to let it affect you. So mm-hmm. when other people when other people do things differently or want to be different, what I'm asking society to do is make a choice and be respectful of those people. Allow them to be who they are. Mm-hmm. Allow them to do what they want. And again, as long as it's not overtly affecting your life or way of being in a negative way, then let it happen and let it be. And if it is affecting your life, then go about change in a respectful way. Go about change in a way that is going to be fair for everybody and is going to cause more pain than it will pleasure or um, relief in the end. And isn't there part of that too of, um, if I remember correctly, it's talking about even a threshold for things that do affect you personally of what is your threshold that you're going to get worked up on something that maybe it affects you, but on a 1% or less than 10% scale. So do you really want to spend your time worrying or getting frustrated with that? Or can you just deal with it and move on? Like kind of establishing that. Mm -hmm. I remember that part. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a huge piece. Like just being, allowing yourself to be okay with things that are happening in the world and ultimately just having more respect for other people and treating people better that's that's my one big resolution um my second one i think i don't know just makes more sense is parking in the winter time this is something we're going to change gears a little bit here this is something i have a huge issue with (laughs) um just because the lines are covered in snow does not mean they don't exist (laughs) so what do you propose brendan Honestly, one of my biggest pet peeves. So, when you're parking in the summertime and there's no snow on the ground or nothing obstructing your view or vision of the lines to designate different parking spots, you're still eyeballing the distance between two cars. So, if you're if you're gonna go into a parking spot that's empty and there's two cars on either side or a car on either side of that parking spot, when you pull into that spot. You're judging how far away you are from each of those cars to say, oh yeah, okay, I'm in the middle of these two cars. You're also giving yourself enough room (laughs) to open your door and the other person enough room to open their door. Now, I feel like after parking maybe 20 times, you get a sense of what that distance is. Okay? Are you guys... I'm still with you. Okay. In the wintertime, that distance doesn't change. There's zero reason to park and leave a four-foot gap between two vehicles. It doesn't make any sense. 
And in fact, in busier places where parking lots fill up quickly, taking up four feet of space on either side of your vehicle means that other cars don't have a place to park. Again, we're going back to this piece of respect. Respect other people in the space. Respect that other cars want to park here. Respect that other people want to visit this venue. Leave space for other people. Don't just think about yourself. Giving yourself tons of room because, oh my God, there's no more lines. I can park wherever I want. Uh, no, we live in a civilized society. Um, just park. Just park properly. That's all I want to say. Are you okay with, like, if a new row of parking has to be made on a snow-covered lot, is it fine for that first person to just make their best guess as long as every other car does not leave four feet of space? So you're saying, like, take a traditional rectangular parking lot, assuming all of the exterior spots are full. Yeah, And we have to start parking in the middle of this parking lot. In the rows. There's nobody there yet and somebody has to park yes yeah i would say the first person to park there is making their best guess at where the parking spot would be and then whoever's coming in next to park next to them or somewhere along is making some kind of guess but i mean sure okay no lines there might be one space that has a variation of a bigger distance but eventually people are going to start parking next to each other yeah. And at some point you're going to have to say, look, I don't need to take up 17 parking spots with my two-door Prius. I can park Whoa. like a civilized human being. Whoa. You have a four-door Prius. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I don't know. I think it's definitely tricky, right? Because at least for me, I'm very much taking the urinal mentality into the parking lot and for our listeners who might not be able to relate to that basically a good rule of thumb in a man's bathroom is to pee as far as possible away from every other man in the bathroom and so likewise in the parking lot (laughs) i generally park as far away from any other vehicle or at least find a nice gap that i can easily pull into if i have the opportunity so I think it can definitely be problematic, Brandon, when the, and so I'm agreeing with you in the sense that it's definitely an issue because people take that urinal mentality into the parking lot. So no, but I, I don't think it has to be an issue. Well, I, I, I know you really don't want it to have to be an issue, but it is. <laughs> no, but I'm saying like, even if people are parking at different, like if, even if you come in and line up and don't line up, right? So you're not parking directly next to somebody else eventually that parking lot is going to get full and you're going to have to park next to somebody all it takes is to take a reasonable gap in between cars does i don't know does this not aggravate you guys not really oh i feel like you guys are both walking to school aren't you no 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 i still drive <laughs> brian lives like 10 kilometers from campus. oh that's legit you can't you don't live on keats anymore fun fact though guys i got a bike locker on campus so hopefully i'll be biking to work a lot more nice, oh, nice. is that a resolution of yours well my resolution is to do a triathlon in june nice a full triathlon no 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 a sprint so it's oh. eight no 750 meter swim 20k bike 5k run that's still it's a awesome. long swim it yeah 
long yeah long everything so yeah we're getting after it do you have any specific like goals in mind to achieve the triathlon in the way that you want it to like are, are you following anything in that sense um my goal right now is my brother and i are doing it together so we have a, a 250 bet on the line mm-hmm. and so it's, oh. so that i don't lose is my goal um ah. the more that i kind of train and <laughs> I get, figured. get an idea for my times i think come probably march i'll be able to kind of set what like how quickly i want to do each portion of the race in after I train a little bit more because I haven't like I haven't swam laps in a pool and who knows how long I'm Ever. also going just splish splash mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do some back into it splashing. hold my breath and away we go <laughs> playing dunk ball in Christina's pool wasn't uh, wasn't enough training yeah, for you no it's not it's not <laughs> <laughs> that's sweet so I guess for me and what I want to sort of segue to is I don't necessarily buy into resolutions happening at New Year. AKA there's this magical day where new things start and everything's good. Right. Um, because time is a social construct. Uh, but <laughs> um, beyond that, I I guess I, I like the idea of like implementing change or uh, making improvements to one's life whenever you're able to identify that something can be different. So that's my general mentality on that. And I'm more interested to hear from both of you on why you think that so many people are compelled to at least give something a shot on the 1st of January of every year. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. It comes back to, it's a societal thing, right? So if you look at the way our school system is structured, right? Mm -hmm. You have your fall term or whatever, and then kind of mid-December comes, people go on a break, on a vacation, things end, things come to a stagnant end, classes are done, and then we transition into a brand new calendar year, and you start back up again. Whether it's back in school, you're doing new classes, you're doing new work, and it kind of acts as like a brand new opportunity to start fresh. Mm -hmm. I think in that sense, it makes sense. It's funny because it's one of those things like we talked about social norms and we never really talked about New Year's resolutions, but it is kind of a social norm. Um, And this is a weird social norm that has zero to do with revenues. Like, I'm not sure if anybody's making money off of this except for like fitness facilities mm-hmm. um, and Ryan Seacrest <laughs> and Ryan Seacrest. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think like to borrow a term from Gabe, who we have two cool episodes coming up with uh, Gabe Lee. Um, but to borrow a term from him, he uses this term called life edits. And I think it kind of revolves similar to what Graham, you're talking about where, You know, if you feel like you need to make a change in your life, you just go ahead and make it. You know, it doesn't have to necessarily wait until January 1st of the next year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think people like to make changes in their lives. And January 1st, you know, after coming off a break where you're kind of rested and you've had a chance to relax, 
you're like, okay, we can get going again now. And this is an opportunity for me to kind of like kick it into gear because I've had this time to rest and recover and, and think and reflect and all that stuff. So I think that's kind of why it makes sense mm-hmm. for, for it to be a time where people make big changes in their lives. But what I, what I was going to add to that then is like, I totally, I get the idea of like taking a break, being rested, refreshed and like ready to try something new or being open-minded about that. But what amount of time do people need for that to happen? Like, why can't you have a lazy Saturday morning and then by 1 p.m. be ready and open-minded to try something new? Why does it have to be insert X number of days to be recharged enough and open-minded enough to make a change like that? Is it because you feel crappy? Because I know some of the days that I feel crappiest because of all the food and everything that I've been eating as a privileged first world problem thing mm-hmm. are the couple days from Christmas to New Year's. Do you think it has something to do with like with kind of this the seasonal depression type of stuff of where it is, you know, we've already hit it for two two months now of reduced sunlight, you know, you're going home and it's dark out. You're going to work and it's dark out. And it's you know, it signifies a way that you can initiate change or start something new even though you might not be motivated to do so i think i don't know i yeah i think it's a big fact to be honest with you like for sure this is, how many people do you know that have asked you do you have new year's resolutions like my mom asked me on january 1st what are your resolutions for this year as a conversation piece but like it's kind of expected that you have them yeah. Um, however, I, I do think that it's a really positive thing because life gets so busy that you never really get a chance to sit back and maybe set some goals that you really want to achieve. Mm-hmm. But they need to be mapped out. They can't just be, oh, I want to save a million dollars this year. And you're like, well, how are you going to do that? <laughs> Even if you make Smart two million, goals. like how are you going to do that? Mm-hmm. Um, Smart resolutions. Right. And yeah. so setting them to be, you know, like you said, smart goals is absolutely key absolutely key and then on top of that um you know i think it's i think in general they're really nice for people to have a fresh starter to at least even convince themselves that it's a new year new me and if that's what it takes for you to jump start and get passionate about something frick i'm not going to be one to judge you or make fun of you this is the first year in many years that i have set resolutions for myself i couldn't tell you the last time that i did it mm-hmm mm-hmm and yeah, I think it's it's worth noting, at least from my perspective, that I'm totally up on people taking the time to reflect at this time of year and do that. I'm not just trying to crap all over anyone <laughs> who makes it a, an annual tradition. It's just for me more enjoying personally the mm-hmm. the the path of taking those life edits, as Gabe would say, and uh, making those continuous, maybe smaller improvements just whenever an opportunity presents itself that way. Brian, what are what are some more uh, some some of your other resolutions? I wrote them down. One sec. Wow, you actually prepared something? No, no, no. I wrote them down for my resolutions, not for you guys. Not yet. <laughs> yeah, no. Shots. Good try though. Well, while you're finding that, I will. Uh, I'll kind of piggyback on your triathlon mm-hmm. resolution, and I would say that. 
like I, I appreciate what you said. It doesn't have to be a negative thing that people are making changes to their lives. I think it is a good opportunity for, you know, people to reflect and make life edits. Um, yeah, one of the things for sure that I want to do is take back control over my health and well-being. Mm-hmm. I think definitely during kind of the first term of my master's, like it wasn't as good as it had been in the past. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm taking definitely this time and I started, you know, before New Year's, but during the break when I had less on my plate to kind of re-get back in my routine of, you know, working out and setting goals for myself. Like you want to do a triathlon in the summertime, I want to run another half marathon, right? So that's kind of the goal that I'm working towards. And then, you know, allowing myself to plan and eat better and sleep better and all those things that of course sound nice, but, you know, I think this time of year just gives me an opportunity to kind of refocus and uh and put more time and effort towards achieving that goal yeah on that i'm gonna go on my i haven't gone on a rant in this in a while oh let's do it but like buckle up can i i'm caution there's gonna be swearing in this one so for anybody who doesn't like swearing skip about five minutes okay well market is it'll uh, be it'll be bleeped out but don't if there's one piece of advice that people should set or like a resolution is don't be that shitty person that it's on everybody's goals or their workout routines or their physical appearance or whatever it is and you start a new year off negative i don't care if you believe in resolutions or you don't don't be the head that comes out of nowhere and ruins people's day just because you think you can there's nothing more irritating that i have like that i've seen is at the gym when people are staring at the people who might be overweight or who don't conform to society's norms and their body shapes and blah, 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 or their exercises. And all they do is sit there and laugh or take pictures and send them to their friends. And that drives me through the roof because we've all started somewhere where we had no idea what we were doing in something like that we were way out of our comfort zone and doing and we're alienating people even more. And that goes for everything from you know, if that's walking a kilometer a day, don't tell the person that they should walk two. Tell them, great, a kilometer is awesome. Like, keep up with it. Don't don't try to be the person that acts like you have a better story or a better resolution than somebody else. Like, it's not one-upping. It's not a competition. We're all here in the same freaking world, in the same race together. And the only way we're all going to win, or even some of us are going to win, is that if we support each other. And so don't be the negative person that on everybody at this time of year and try not to do that for the rest of the year i guess that's ironic that i'm the people on people but <laughs> i won't be sorry for that one. it's a layered issue <laughs> this is shit inception people go take risks go do whatever you want set your resolutions and surround yourself with people who support you because that's the only way you're ever going to get anywhere yeah i agree i remember um last year christina and i ironically got memberships to the fit for less mm-hmm. in like the middle of January. And, uh, I remember walking into the gym one day and overhearing two people talking and saying how this was their least favorite time of the year because of all the new year, new me people who come and make the gym super crowded. And I was like, wow, that's honestly so hurtful to so many people because you're right. Like, here people are 
taking a leap of faith, doing something new, uncomfortable, something they're already nervous and probably self-conscious about doing, whether, again, whether it's going to the gym or, you know, being active or learning, you know, starting to read and going to the library or whatever. People are already out of place. Like, we shouldn't be judging them. We should be welcoming them, encouraging them, you know, looking to help them in any way that we can, because ultimately, you're right, like, don't you want to be a part of that supportive community? Yeah. And don't and don't get me wrong. It, it you know what when you're expecting a place whether that's the gym, the arena, you know, the parking lot to not be as full as you were expecting or as that you are used to, you're allowed to be irritated. But don't <laughs> on the people for trying to get healthy. You know what I'm saying? Like you're allowed yeah, to be it's upset the motive about with that, that. because yes motive. it is an inconvenience. But that shouldn't, like, it doesn't have to ruin your day. Mm -hmm. And I know I'm definitely guilty of this, uh, just from the, wow, the gym's busy today sort of thing. It's at least partially why I like going in the mornings, because generally it's going to be yeah, there's lighter no, in the morning. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, right. But at the same time, I find it particularly ironic, because so, so much of my career and personal values and goals around supporting people and building communities in which people can be the healthiest and best versions of themselves. Mm -hmm. And then I'm upset when <laughs> there's no bench free. I, I just, I, I can't help but laugh to myself because I still have that like mildly jaded perspective for at least a, a bit of the time. Oh yeah. So I'm, sure. it's something I'm trying to change about myself. So if I were to come up with a resolution right now, that's what it would be. Be less jaded about that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, at the same time, like, the organization has taken that concern upon itself to build more fitness space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, I, I agree. It is kind of ironic. Sorry, tangent. But um, going back to it, my a couple of mine are um, I have savings goals for kind of each month with my paycheck and you know what I want to save and what percentage and then what I want to do with that so I want to travel to new two new countries this year um I want to read 50 books this year and that comes off a year that I read four and zero before that mm -hmm. um which is it's a good one I started really enjoying reading and getting books that I like I know we've talked about on that this podcast before so Looking forward to that. And then Im improve my vocabulary because I feel like in some circumstances I'm listening. I'm like, I have no idea what the hell word you just used there and what on earth it means. But I'm not going to ask you in this middle of this meeting or like, you know, it's just not right place, right yep. time. But uh, kind of doing those online games that there are. And one is, I forget what it's called, but like the more definitions that you get correctly on words it donates food it donates rice to um like a developing country which is pretty sweet wow that's really cool yeah i forget what it's called um and then the last one like kind of last highlight one that i have would be uh to network with people in potential industries that i'm interested in um i feel like this past year i haven't networked very well so i want to get back out even though I'm not on the job hunt just to start making connections and start sparking up conversations and you know seeing what's what's new and what's shaking in the many fields that I'm looking at 
potentially getting into. That's awesome. I love that. I just uh, did a quick search. The game is called Free Rice. That's it. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> I think those are awesome resolutions to have. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. If you don't achieve those resolutions, mm-hmm. are you going to be upset with yourself? Are you going to be okay? Like, what's, What is your own expectations for achieving those resolutions? I'm hoping to achieve them all. I think that's... I haven't really said any that are too lofty and it's all controlling my own behavior. Like for example, my saving sure. one, my savings goal in November, December, I probably ate out. When I say eat eat out, it would be like purchasing food that I didn't make for myself, basically. It'd be mm-hmm. like th- probably five or 10 times a week, depending on what my week looked like and how busy I was. So I have limited myself or I'm trying to limit myself to five times a month to eat out outside of my own home or outside of meal prepping kind of thing. Nice. Yeah. So that one I think is going to be the hardest to stick with because when life gets busy and you don't have food, but you're hungry, you don't want to go home. You just want to get something that's quick. Um, But all of the other ones, I think that they're fairly, fairly attainable. So I don't know. I'll, I'll probably be disappointed if I don't hit them. But at the same time, as long as I give them the fair shot and I'm putting effort into them, then, you know, hopefully I'll get experiences from that process. Yeah. And ultimately, whether you achieve, like, for instance, whether you read 50 books or not, you know, say you only read 36, that's 36 more books than before. Mm-hmm. Right. So like you've still gone and achieved something. I actually really like that goal. I One of my goals in general, this is something that I set in coming to Edmonton was to start reading more. And uh, I've definitely been doing that. I finished two and a half books no not a whole lot but it's a lot more i think progress two and a half more than my entire undergrad yeah it's better than zero and like i think it would be super cool because if you're gonna do 50 that's almost a book a week Mm -hmm. if uh you felt comfortable to share every week we record to share the book you're reading um and then maybe the next week a synopsis of that book oh now you're really making me kind of well, we can kind of workshop that idea, but I think I would love to do uh, a show where we talk about our favorite books I'm and done. the books that we've read and the things that we've learned. Yep. So maybe it takes that form instead of you sharing every week. I'm down. Harry um, Potter the and the Philosopher's Stone. Harry Potter and the Chambers of Secrets. <laughs> Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Sorry, go on, Brent. Shut up. No, so the other thing I wanted to ask about resolutions is <laughs> I think there's also kind of this psychological maybe it's not even psychological, but this kind of sociological effect where by outwardly saying your goals to other people, you kind of hold yourself to them. And by letting other people know your goals, they're able to hold you accountable. Mm -hmm. Yep. And by hold other people accountable, I don't mean like, you know, Brian, how are you doing on those? You know, how many books have you read so far? Like you're not on pace, but it's like, now that I know Brian's goal is to read books, that's one of the things that I can go and ask. Then now he just right? made or, me freaking give a synopsis on every podcast. Well, I'm saying you don't have to, but I'm saying it's an idea. But, and welcome like, back you know to this I mean? week's Brian's Book Corner. Uh, hello, Brian, everybody. I just wanted to let you know about the books that I've been reading. Um, you know, they're really great. Um, I'm learning lots. You're, you're right, though, Brandon. I, I, I think roughly that's something called uh, like a confirmation of, a, of identity. And yeah. I know, I, I think I, I know that because I looked it up when it came, when it comes to running and it's, you know, a pursuit that 
I still do regularly. And I think some people at least recognize me like, oh, there's Graham, the running guy, you know. So it <laughs> then makes me want to run. Yes, Brian, people do call me that. <laughs> and it makes me want to run because it's like, oh, people think I'm the running guy. So therefore I'll run. So it's like the, sort of this cyclical process. No one has have ever say, called you that, ever. That's for me to know. <laughs> You're just trying to get us to no, call you that like, on this podcast now. That's exactly what I'm saying, <laughs> right? And that's why I think resolutions can be a good thing if people share them. And, and same thing with goals at any point in time. If you share your goals with other people, I think it's healthy because you're kind of acknowledging that these are things that I find important in my life. And then by saying them to other people, um, you know, you kind of feel a need to keep up with it. Not to, you know, so you don't let yourself down, but also that, you know, as a way of keeping your word kind of thing if that's something that you value. Mm-hmm. So on that note, do you feel that by sharing your resolutions that you'll have a better chance at achieving them? Oh, absolutely. And like scientifically, it says the same thing. I mean, I'm, I put my bike on a bike trainer in my house so that I have no excuse. Like there's no setup involved that can just jump on and ride inside, right? Like the more you're conscious and you're thinking about it, but you're also putting reminders around you to continuously try to attain your goals, the sooner you'll achieve them. A bike trainer. Yeah, so you know, like with some tight corners. I know. I'm just zooming around this old apartment. Um, it's basically like a um, uh, rotating disc or cylinder, I guess, on a bunch of bearings, and you just it elevates a little bit, and you strap into your uh, quick release, and as you pedal, it, like you can set the magnetic resistance. So that you're, you're stationary. It's almost like a stationary bike, but you use the bike that you would ride on outside. Right. On it, yeah. <laughs> Sick time. Yeah. Today I went, out, I went outside for a bike ride today, guys. I did a 20K bike, but I did not dress appropriately for the weather. I was so cold. I thought I had hypothermia when I got home. Like, oh, I thought you were going to say you were so hot. It was brutal. I thought my fingers and toes were going to fall off. What's the uh, what's the weather like for you, Waterloo? Boys? It was like zero. It was windy, but it yeah, was like zero. Awesome. Like it wasn't that cold, but I just froze. Were you wearing shoes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just checking. I don't know what's. Uh, I it would be just like you to go for a ride in flip flops. <laughs> no, I got bike shoes. <laughs> yeah, but it would still be just like you to not wear your bike shoes <laughs> and make me go fast. Throw the Adidas on there. <laughs> Those are actually referred to my winter tires this time of year. You're right. My Thank apologies. You <laughs> yes. Disrespectful. But yeah, I think I think you should tell everybody that you can without being super annoying of like, hey, do you want to know what my resolutions are to the random person on the bus? You know, I think you should get out there and share them with people that will hold you to account and ask them to hold you to account for them, ask you questions and follow up on them um, yeah. so mm-hmm. that you can make a conscious effort or be con- like constantly reminded that you have to be practicing or trying to achieve the goal that you set out to do 100 percent, graham you don't have any resolutions uh it's actually running the man running man graham to you okay that's what Thank we're you, gonna Brian. call him from here on out yeah no like i i sort of touched on in the podcast I, yeah not huge on the the annual resolutions more the the life edits and stuff uh i've been working on not saying sorry as much since november so that's not something that falls in line with the the new year or anything like that and yeah always have to go 
try to be the best I can be. Not saying sorry as much. Uh, Ellie's been calling me out on it a lot. <laughs> yeah, but, oh, so why is she calling you out? Because I say sorry in needless circumstances. Like I agree, it's a it's a reflex. Like apologizing for things that I have no reason to be apologetic for. Interesting. Don't, it's it's oh, like geez. borderline. It's borderline <laughs> conversational, or like apologizing in advance without ever meaning to offend in the first place, and not even necessarily saying something that's borderline offensive. So basically, what you're saying is you're letting somebody else change you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Are you sorry for that? Nope. Okay. Nice try, sucker. Okay. Okay. <laughs> sorry. All right. All right. So those are our resolutions. If you guys want to get in touch, as always, uh, for season two, same as season one, you can always get in touch with us on email at thatsinterestingpod at gmail.com. You can get in touch with us on Instagram at TSI Podcast. If you want to share your resolutions with somebody, but you don't have people to share them with, share them with us. Um, whoop, whoop. We'd love to hear your guys' resolutions, see what you guys are up to, see what you guys are wanting to do. Slide into our DMs. Yeah. We're excited to be back for season two. Over the break, we were able to catch up with uh, two of my close buddies in Richmond. So we've got two, what I think are super exciting uh, kind of interview podcasts coming out. And uh, they actually give us so much content that each of them we're going to split into uh, two episodes. So it should be four kind of really great episodes from both my buddies Gabe Lee and Desmond Fung talking about uh, different things going on in their lives. So we found it pretty interesting. We hope you guys like it when we share those with you guys. But yeah, that's all for us. Happy 2019 and uh, enjoy the rest of your weeks. <laughs>